podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet is all new, combining legendary value with a fresh attitude. Shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends. Explore wall-to-wall deals, furniture, flooring, mattresses, home accents, grills, patio sets, and more. Discover great new home decor, pillows, greenery, and more. There's something perfect for your style and budget. There's new inventory every day at up to 80% off suggested retail. Discover the style and savings of the new Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new muffin recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Podcast brought to you by AARP. podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, so it's a very special episode of the Fighting Cock. Um, Alex, I'm joined by Alex. Uh, I've actually known you for many many years yeah. through your through your uncle. But um, I just we, you sent me over an email a while back uh, after Deloitte published their well, how, what, how would you describe it? The Football Money League. That's it. Yeah. And Spurs ranked tenth. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. That's for the 2018 to 2019. 
Well, it accounts for 17 to 18. Right, which is our first season at Wembley. Yeah. And Spurs are ranked 10th in that list. Above them are Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, uh, Man-, Man City, Liverpool, PSG, PSG Bayern Munich. Yeah, so to, if do you want to run around the top ten, go on. So you got in one is Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man U, Bayern, City, PSG, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. So before we kick off, what? So how, how <clears> far <throat> behind are Tottenham to Arsenal? It's just just over ten million, which isn't a great deal, is it? No, and I mean that's three so Moussa so, 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 Sorry, <laughs> that's a third of them. Moussa Sissoko. <laughs> yeah, you can look at it like that. <laughs> um, all right, I think the best. So, so your background, just so people, so you know what you're talking about when looking at this information. Yeah, you're a chartered accountant. Yeah, uh, you've been working in money since you left university, I presume. Yeah, about four and a half years now. Right, and so while the world gets excited by the Deloitte Football Money League, because I guess it's a kind of tangible and layman expression of uh, of, of how money go, runs for a football club. Yeah. And then people with newspapers specifically look at it and go, actually, economically, these are how the teams are performing. Um, but you, from your perspective, you can look at this information and make more sense of it than perhaps I can. I think so. And I think the main reason originally why I sent you this email was it was off the back of when I think it was just after Mourinho got sacked and everyone was absolutely panicked about um, Pochettino getting poached by them for obviously it's going to be like that would be disastrous for our club and I think I was trying to emphasise why like these these figures are largely largely attributable to Poch and the reason we're 10th is a I would pretty it's pretty directly proportional to the success that he's brought I know we talk about this success as a yeah as a as a everyone wants a trophy thing but this is this is success because him him getting us in the Champions League for three seasons in a row or whatever it's been and mm. also getting to further in the knockouts and two of those is huge to your revenues yeah. and that's the kind of stuff that one not only is it like significant to your revenues but also your brand and your ability to market yourself goes up how significant yeah. is it the fact that we're 10th in that top 10 like what, when have we previously done this before we've got near to this before so yeah we were and I don't know the reason why but I think it was the was it the 06 07 season <clears throat> yeah we finished yeah 06 07 we finished in the top 10 I'm not sure I mean I mean the one thing that's obviously key to point out here is that the TV rights for the UK given the most popular league in the world are mm. huge and the, across five years the the amount of money is like in the billions so and that's basically that the, the, the money they get from the TV rights is spread out across all of the top 20 yeah. it's, teams it's not like in Spain where the top two have 70% yeah, of the revenue exactly Whereas is part of the reason why they're so clear ahead yeah yeah definitely um, and they're backed by governments basically which which always helps them um, but yeah I mean so, so if we just talk about some of the some of the key figures so like um, across the across the I think it's across the top ten. I think actually no, sorry, across the top twenty teams in that league, basically broadcast revenue accounts for forty three percent of all of the teams' revenue in an average sense. Mm. Commercial revenues is forty percent. Match their revenues is seventy seventeen percent. So this is in the Premier League. No, I think that's for all all of the right all of the teams included in that report. Right, right. Um, 
And then if you look at that compared to Spurs, so broadcast revenue is 226 million or 227 million, which is 53% of our total revenues. Yeah. So compared to broadcast revenue of 43% for the rest of the teams. And you've got commercial revenue of 116.5 million, which is only 27%. And against, and this is why I'm saying like, the re- by being in the top 10, your, your, your commercial, well, your ability to earn money from sponsors and, and that kind of stuff goes up hugely. And I think that's a massive way that we're going to compete going forward. Um, yeah. And then the final one, match day revenue, which is, well, it's compared to, compared to previous years has like gone up exponential, basically. I think, I think the year, our, our match day revenue is the final year of, what well, our name were 26 million. Mm. Um, and now they're 85 million. So just to, uh, <clears throat> that would be t- towards the, that, that would be attributed to the income based on the increased en- attendances at Wembley. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is a thought, or there was some discussion, I don't know how much of this is true and how much you know, but it's, it, it, the cost of hiring Wembley to the FA was significant. So that even the revenue might have increased, our expenditure increased also. This figure, this four, 428 million, Mm-hmm. That's revenue. Yeah, so that's just revenue, not profit. Not profit. No. So you could argue, or there might be a, a decent assumption, is that once we're not paying Wembley their rental fee, mm-hmm. we're moving into a new stadium and getting comparable attendances, that that match day revenue will increase significantly. So it's twenty percent at the moment, <clears throat> but, think- or the eighty-five million at the moment. But sorry, that might remain the same, yeah. but our profit will increase because. The expenditure is down. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to know. Obviously, I think our our average attendance was sixty eight thousand, which is insane when you actually think about it. I mean, so it, only Man United. Yeah, only Man United are higher. Fully justifies building a stadium in the first place, and I don't think they'll have any issues with sort of filling it. Well, they proved that already with the amount of season tickets that they actually sell. So there's fifty thousand season tickets. Yeah. Um, just quickly on that, if say someone was coming to them to lend them money. Um, the, uh, uh, it's understood to, uh, uh, I think it was on the Trust podcast where they mentioned that the, the, the season tickets is valuable in terms of securing loans yeah. and money because it's guaranteed income over a period of time mm-hmm. whereas buying individual tickets as members have to do is less valuable economically yeah so so I think the way the way um, the way a bank would look at this would say how much of your revenue is contracted compared to how much is how much would how much of proportion of it would someone just pay on the day kind of thing which yeah. is kind of how it works so yeah. the contracted revenue will be 50,000 out of the 62,000 which to Spurs is more and to the bank is more secured income yeah. essentially yeah well they get, they, they get it up pretty much get it up front I'd say most people probably pay for it up front yeah. so they get that straight through the door and most people will continue to do that yeah going forward um, whereas if you reduce that percentage there's much Far lower percentage of your of your total possible revenue is contracted, so mm. a bank might be less inclined to sort of top the figure up. If you know what I mean. So from a purely kind of business perspective, it's much more beneficial for Spurs to have fifty thousand paying season ticket holders. So you can understand that the argument of frustration from us as match day going fans yeah. when if you're not a season ticket holder, you have to buy tickets and and there are fewer tickets to buy. But from the club's perspective, in terms of securing money in order to build the stadium in the first place, it's much better if they have fifty thousand season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I and I, 
I hadn't really thought about the because the the percentage the well the number of tickets was eighteen thousand wasn't it before I think that's what they said on the trust it, on, for, up, available up, for members yeah. no to um, season, tickets. season tickets up to fifty around that yeah. which is madness really when you think about it. I mean I can see exactly why they would do it they want to get as many people in the in the door from day one as they can but then equally I think it was Kat who made a good point about you want to get your young fans to be able to sort of have mm-hmm. that experience and with that many I mean you have to have a lot of patience to try and get a ticket right and, yeah, and yeah. I do think I think, I think that's a, a that, was a that was a good point from her yeah very good point um, but I would say that that's a, like a long termist issue and there's short term issues like paying off loans which we'll come on to yeah. the size of the loans yeah. which are probably more significant than, than worrying about whether or not a 14 year old kid can go and watch your team play yeah. as fans we see that as a big issue but Daniel Levy's not going to be looking at that thinking right, that's something we can solve later on I imagine and I don't necessarily um, uh, blame him so just back on this the top 10 uh, Tottenham <coughs> have 428.3 million uh, previously uh, in 2017 that was uh, 359.5 million so that's a significant increase Arsenal, however, went from a revenue in 2017 of 487.6 million down to 439.2 million, um, and obviously it's very difficult to understand exactly what, what why that may be the case. And it might be player sales they have a big big sale in the transfer market, or you know we've sold um, who, who, who was it we we picked up a couple of big sales. Didn't well, we? I think Walker will be our last yeah. biggest. Which attributes to that as well. Yeah. But ten million pound behind Arsenal, you've had this stadium built for what is it, twelve years? Thirteen years maybe? Yeah. And perhaps have reached the kind of ceiling in what they're gonna earn. I can't see how unless you know, apart from T V syndication which everybody's gonna benefit from. Yeah. So I I mean, yeah, I what I'm saying to you is are we gonna be are we more, more valuable than Arsenal? I'll put my uh well I was gonna I'll put a wager down now that I reckon we'll be above them next year. Purely because last year we were in the Champions League, they weren't. And so we're coming to, um, I think, the total money owed for the, well, the total amount of revenue uh, that's possible to earn from the TV rights of uh, Champions League was two, $2.5 billion. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's huge, and I think I think we earned sixty bi- sixty million from Champions League last year, yeah, which is huge when yeah. you think about it. And Europa League is I'd be a small fraction of that, I imagine. Yeah, um, and now we've got through to the quarters, probably go through to the semis next week anyway. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I think that figure can can be expected to rise. Um, but yeah, I mean the the only thing is obviously if they so so this this report is always a year a year behind. So the next season will be the 18-19 season which we're currently going through mm. and and we've been in the Champions League like I said so they'll, they'll I, I imagine they'll go down their match day revenues is never going to like you said it's, that's reached this probably at a peak unless yeah. they're going to increase the the prices but their fans aren't going to buy into that given that they're shit so and they're not they're not um, they're not necessarily selling out every game anyway no exactly so I think I think that will be key. I mean, it's interesting. You look at Chelsea; their revenue for eighteen was five hundred million, five hundred five million. Yeah. Whereas the year before was four hundred twenty-eight million. That's euros. Yeah. And I think. Well, 
I'd be because they were yo-yoing for a while, weren't they? So yeah. I think that is that's pretty cl- that's a pretty clear Champions League Champions League, League impact there. Yeah, and that's, yeah, for them, I mean, that's eighty million euros. That's a huge amount of money. Well, their their, their pull-out quote here in, in this report says failing to secure Champions League football for two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen will make it challenging for Chelsea to move up the money league in the short term. Yeah, um, I think is 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 this. There's there's certain criteria into creating a very nebulous concept about who's got the, who's the bigger club in it. Mm. So you talk about global fan base, <clears throat> you might talk about trophies and all that kind of stuff. But money's significantly important in the in modern game. Yeah, and I think it'd be a fair argument to say that once we overtake Arsenal, that we're officially a bigger club than them. Uh-huh. Because isn't that a barometer of how many people are watching you? Previously, how many games would be in broadcast? How many? Um, uh, people, uh, you know, uh, how much merchandise is, is being bought over, over <clears throat> overseas? How much success are we getting on the pitch? Uh, well, hundred percent. And uh, Matt, it would be really interesting to see what the what the sort of ratings or the viewing figures are for Champions League versus Europa League. Yeah, oh, I mean, it, it'd yeah. be it'd be crazy. And if they're constantly in that, and we're in the Champions League, yeah, everything, all your viewership goes up. Your yeah, your access to people who are like see you once and they're like, "Wow, this team's pretty good." I mean, yeah. we've done that consi- like we've done that consistently now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Real Madrid fixtures, the Dortmund fixtures, that 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 stuff increases your brand so much. You you saw um, the article? I think you got it over there. Uh, but a Tottenham set world record. Yeah, uh, annual profit of one hundred and thirteen million. Firstly, yeah. what does world record mean? Does it mean more than any other club? Yeah. That's the biggest ever increase in biggest, profit. Yeah, well, not it's just the biggest total profit, well, profit yeah. for a financial year that a club has ever a posted. club has ever posted. So just slightly, well, five million, four, eight, seven million more than Liverpool did just in February. Um, it was. An, you made an interesting point before we started recording about um, numbers can be twisted to be uh, to you know proved to be a positive yeah. story or, or a negative one yeah what, what's your take on this this story here well so as we said this is this is this will take into account the 70 million we got in player sales during this financial period so and, and obviously this is a period where we didn't buy anyone yeah exactly which so, is very rare yeah so all our, I mean if 70 million of the 113 is due to Play a profit on a sale that's quite a significant proportion whereas other clubs might have Equally, I mean, I, I imagine Liverpool would have probably posted the Coutinho one in that period as well. So there probably is some sort of yeah. comparison there. Um, I guess it's another thank you that Tottenham have to play to Pochettino for not if it is his decision not to buy players. The next <laughs> news story is a direct correlation to his inability to see beyond his current squad. <laughs> you may make yourself an unpopular opinion by saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's it's become clear that the problem doesn't necessarily lie with Levy but does with Pochettino in my opinion obviously it's all opinion because who, who, who knows no one knows do they yeah. uh, apparently he was offered Tielemans I yeah, Tielemans no. is still on loan as well so there's no doubt we can't do an Alderweireld on him and just take him anyway yeah do you rate him do you rate him uh, I think he could do a job I don't think he's he's not there's a reason he's playing for Leicester right? yeah there is and obviously he might look a lot better for a team like that but but I think the point that's made a lot on the podcast is that it's very hard yeah. without breaking the bank to improve our first 11 yeah. and I think that's where the management is and I think Pochettino knows that as well that it is hard to bring in someone that 
without actually just getting rid of someone that we might do with Ericsson or something like that mm. to bring someone in who's just going to... Well, there's this talk about 12 players being up for sale or we were listening to offers for. Uh, yeah. 12 of our first team squad, not mm. first 11. That's a lot. And it maybe a, lot. a way of improving this squad isn't necessarily spending huge amounts of money that we perhaps don't have and we're going to come on to our loan... Would you call it a liability or exposure? Yeah, loan. Well, it's a liability, yeah. Yeah, Li- loan liability. Um and whether or not that's impacted our transfer behaviour. But yeah, if um, if if we can't speculate by bringing <clears> in loads of players, then refreshing the squad by selling players that we necessarily think we could improve or change yeah. might be a way forward. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of players who have done really well two seasons ago have stagnated quite a lot. I yeah. mean, you've got people like Wanyama, I'm not really sure what's happened to him. Yeah. I mean, Dyer's been pretty unfortunate with his injuries, but he's not playing at the level that he was playing at. Mm. But again, making you can't just sell 50% of your team and no. expect to replace it and have that same team cohesion that you had before. It's just not possible. I would uh, No, absolutely not. And But I would say you could probably drop out three yeah. or three and replace them with better players and that's the thing about transfers and money and, and, and fans especially is if we're spending money on new players you almost forget who's going as long as there is transfer activity football fans tend to be kind of placated yeah. whereas it's not always necessarily the best thing to do but, uh, you know if we for example if last summer if we'd have sold free and bought free in people wouldn't be talking about the um a lack of ambition, or or the fact that Levy's being tight. Even if we'd have, it, there'd have been a, a net zero net spend there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like a perceived idea that we've been busy. Yeah, we are. It, we're very. Um, as a football fan, you always look for a way out, don't you? Yeah. And I think if we're bringing in players, then we kind of see that the club are trying to make an effort to improve yeah. and if we don't then it looks like we're not but I mean anything no. like they're just twiddling their thumbs and at the time I mean we had the best start we've ever had in a Premier League yeah. season even off the back of having a, a World Cup that that definitely had an, I think has had an impact on our on our squad um, but yeah we could have we could have been I mean you go back five games against the Burley game we could have been what one point behind? Yeah, no, let's not do that. I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying that we we as fans are very fickle sometimes to what is actually kind of. Oh, absolutely. And like you said about wanting and out, it's a people yeah, exactly. that the, the, there needs to be a reason for it. There always needs to, and, and often the, the easiest understood is the most uh, basic. Whereas yeah. it's probably quite a complex situation. Um, speaking of complex situations, um, from 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 a fan's perspective, you know, I went down there against Palace. I looked at new grounds, amazed by it. You know, it, it, beer was cheap. Um, the, the ticket was expensive, but I didn't really mind paying it given the occasion. I was blown away by the stadium, especially once I'd got into the actual bowl. Yeah, just how much it looked like White Lane. I'm not going to go over it again, but what, I, what I'm saying is the club have done an incredible job. Would it be a mistake from Spurs fans to look at what what we've, what's been built? And immediately, immediately, let's start looking to the future and, and what, how we could benefit financially from this in terms of our ability as a to become a powerhouse in Europe. Yeah. And some would say that we are a powerhouse in Europe, being in the top ten already in yeah. this money league. But what is there anything that we should be concerned about in terms of our debt? Um, the, I mean, you can't, you can't. It's impossible to do a project like this without getting some money and 
from someone else to like it's the same as buying a house you don't ever have, it's very unlikely that you have the capital to just go out and buy a house outright so you have to you have to you have to go to a bank you have to ask them for money you have to prove that you as a whatever your project is going to be is enough to with uh, to repay that loan over the course of however lo- the loan's going to be. Right, so yeah, so Spurs are never going to be in a position to just buy it out their own money. No. No club would. I mean, the, cl- the club, and 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 part of part of a, b- a bank being willing to loan you money is that the value of you the club is in itself is enough that they, as we were saying before, the, the banks will have secured, they they'll always secure their, their debts on either the club's shares or the actual physical land which the club, which the which the stadium sits on. Yeah. So, um, so what? How? What? How might this money raising process have gone about? In your best estimation, obviously. You weren't yeah. Really. I'd, I mean, it's very, got, Levy have gone right. We need money. I'll go to the biggest banks in the UK and say we need to borrow. How much have we? What's the total? Uh, what's our exposure? Let's get this. Let me just get. There. So Levy goes into a room with Barclays or the, the whoever it might be would it would it be a like a bank like that yeah so we'll our loans are with HSBC Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch okay so, and two, so two, across like, so you got investment banks yeah so across is that four four banks we've got 400 million but then I think they increased it so the total I think the total amount of loans is five hundred thirty-seven million, right? Which isn't a lot of money. That's not insignificant. No, it's not. Um, and I think one of the, I think one of the things to just be aware of is that like a lot of these, a lot of these loans are repayable within sort of five years, right? So it sounds devastating to us, but the way a lot, yeah, yeah, the way these things work, and I can imagine it will work. With us is that once, once it sort of comes to nearer the repayment, so you'll always make a big repayment. So probably pay I don't know maybe ten to fifteen million in cash a year to to reduce the the total principal loan, mm. in, including interest payments. Um, but I think within sort of three or f- three years or so, they'll consolidate the loans and they'll refinance it and they'll get a different provider mm-hmm. so a different bank will lend them the money repay the money to the other banks and then we'll continue that way so it's like one of those getting a credit card and getting another and one. just shifting it yeah 100% shifting. and they'll keep doing it because the banks are happy to the bank so all the those four banks that we just listed they all get their money back they yeah. get all of the, their they principal. see their profit over the next four years and then they're happy that their loans are repaid well yeah and they've received interest in that time they've yeah. got uh, arrangement fees and everything so they don't care the principal is not the bit where they make their money because yeah. they—that's just that's just physical cash that they're lending you. They—they mm. they want the interest, and that's the bit they care about. So they'll just—I imagine Spurs will keep doing this for probably ten or so years until it's completely until paid it's paid off that way. Can I—is is that a substantial amount of money in that world to have to get credit for? For or does it not matter the value? It just matters about the the assets. Yeah, I think. Would it ever be at a point where we go to the next bank and they're saying that's too much money, and then we're fucked? I can't imagine so because that, like I said, they'll they'll over the course of the next couple of years, with the hope that we still do well on the pitch. Mm. The like that hundred million figure that we see 
that we've seen just posted recently will probably become quite regular. Yeah. Um, now the reason the reason our hundred million is probably quite high is because our players costs are quite low mm. comparison in comparison to the top six. I mean, we always see those tables where like right at the bottom. But I, I mean, it is a significant amount of, of money that we've we've. Do you know how much, like, loaned. say, Arsenal loaned, or or? I, but I know the Man total. United. The total cost of their stadium was three hundred fifty million, so nowhere near the cost. Nowhere near what ours is. But then you also have to consider that ten years ago, the the revenue from uh, from the Premier League was much lower. Yeah, so yeah. proportionally, it might have been it might have been quite a significant amount of money. And everyone's made. Everyone's always said that that's what's what held Arsenal back. Mm. Um, but just to just to just to come on to some other points where I think the stadium's gonna benefit us going forward and where the sort of the business plan that Levy probably would have taken to the banks to say this is how we're gonna increase our our revenue and our, our sort of profit over the years. So so we mentioned before that our commercial revenue as a proportion of our total revenue is twenty seven percent compared to the other clubs, which are forty percent, so so what what might make up commercial? So you've got your. I know these are all these are all very unpopular and they're unpopular with me, but yeah, stadium naming rights will be huge. Yep, shirt sponsorships, which we increased recently with Nike coming. I think that took us to twenty million. Mm. I think it was up quite significantly. But if you if you so Nike Nike's deal with Chelsea is sixty million compared to ours twenty. So right when you renew, that's. In the future, but the only re- the reason the reason their sponsorship deal will be so much higher is because they sell more shirts, and the reason they'll sell more shirts is because they've significant they've regularly been at the top. They've been in the Champions League, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So again, with Parch and hopefully hopefully taking all the hopefully the money that we're bringing from the stadium will lead us to be able to sort of continue on that trajectory. Um, you've also got those stupid sleeve sponsors, which I mean. They will eventually be sold. I don't really care much for them, but yeah, that's another couple of million a year. I think the stadium naming right will be around will, will be around fifteen to twenty million a year. So over a period of ten years, it might be worth whatever that is. Yeah, I think around. I think you'd you'd be looking at one hundred and fifty million. Yeah, for ten years. Yeah, at least, and it at might least. be longer than that. It might usually, usually these they become permanent fixtures. Yeah, they? branding everywhere. Um, I saw there was a <clears> picture <throat> going around Reddit of the model that Spurs had sent out it came to be that Spurs had been sending out these models to prospective sponsors so there's this the Google Stadium <laughs> and, and it's our stadium with their name Them on the, the side top, of it yeah. um, and they, they said that the, the figure around that was 300 million so that would I imagine be over the duration of maybe 15-20 years Yeah. and like you say it's, it's, a, it's a weird one it's a balancing act between everything that's horrible about what our games become, <clears throat> like no one wants us to be called the Google Stadium no. or Google Stadium. It's like, yeah, where do you play at Google Stadium? They think <laughs> you're being an arsehole. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or, I mean, I think the best we can hope for is something that's at least associated with football, like Nike, the Nike Stadium, and even that is. I'd much rather just be called Wild Lane. But you, uh, my my the one thing I'd love if we did is just kept the lane at the end of it. Yeah. Sounds like Nike Lane, like the Nike Lane, the Nike Lane, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, that Google that, Lane. Mm, <laughs> that was good. Doesn't work Google as well, does it? it. <laughs> but one thing I would say about the sponsorship, I can imagine it's going to be a an American, a big American sponsor. It's set up a bit, isn't yeah, it? The, um, everything, everything we've done, the way we've positioned it, the way we position seeking out our sort of abroad fan base is. So you mentioned the repayments of being around fifteen million, ten to fifteen million pounds a year. 
Yeah. Um, what as an estimate? I think so. So if we just take the, so the I think the, the we took out a loan to build the training ground, right? And it was yeah. twenty five million yeah. loan, and follow and we've paid, made two repayments of two million. And I think that was 2015 we took that loan out. So you can imagine, like, we're paying basically 10%. Right. Which Excellent. obviously fit, sounds like 50 million, but I imagine on these terms it's probably going to be... I mean, it could be 20 million, like... Yeah. It's, it's, hard, hard, it's hard to know. And, and within the loan contract, there'll obviously be terms of what they should be doing. And um, So you, you, you would assume then if we do make 300 million over 15, 20 years, then that is essentially yeah, the, exactly. the payments covered. That's 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 no doubt going to be the plan. I mean, by building a huge asset, you also get like these benefits to sort of outweigh the cost of yeah of ultimately doing it. So, is there a risk to the club? Do you think, based on what you understand about these figures, that we have to maintain the level of performance? Um. So, <laughs> so the, some of the points I think you made in the email over is that we probably need to maintain our league position. I think. I think. I, Personally, if we if we want to maintain our position top ten and push up that, which I think we're more than capable of doing, given that this, the the UK rights are always going to be more than any other any other league. Yeah, we're in an advantage in that respect. Hugely, um, I think the and I think there's no one um, who doesn't understand that more than Levy. Yeah, that how important our position in the league is. To yeah. our success, well, to our ability to compete financially, and also well, a couple more points you made here actually is it's securing higher broadcast revenue. So, so there's potential challenges there because are we at a ceiling? You know, yeah. I mean, there was, I think, there was um there was a thing about Amazon have secured some. So there's potentially like, new platforms. So I think there's new platforms, but then I mean that with competition, obviously, it increases prices as well. But mm. ultimately, it would depend on how how much of a clampdown they make on illegal streaming and things like that I'm yeah. pretty sure that everyone in yeah. the kind of, I mean even for like the games that just aren't on TV you want to watch them you find a way to watch them absolutely right? yeah. um, so I don't, I don't know it, that figure seems excessively high and there was kind of proof so when BT secured the rights for Champions League they basically completely highballed Sky and Sky were just like we just can't yeah. We can't justify it because it was just an. So BT have got other motives, though, haven't they? So just to bring customers over. Yeah, absolutely. So they'll they'll happily make it a loss leader. Well, that's and that's what they've done. But whether they do that, whether they can continue to do that. Well, I would suggest. I would, I would assume that they've all the people that would transition have yeah. and probably won't go into the next bidding. Well, maybe they would maintain it, but then if Amazon, like say, come in and their yeah. streaming platforms become huge for them, that they're and then you've got Eleven Sport as well. Who are doing? Is it Eleven Sport? Yeah, they're doing the um, international. Uh, the, the, they're streaming La Liga games as well. Oh, really? Sky lost some rights to a certain amount of La Liga games because of this streaming platform. So, like, as technology changes and the way we consume media changes, there's yeah. probably been new re- revenue streams that are not necessarily apparent to, to us at the moment. Yeah, and I think um, I think did the Championship actually just sell all the rights as well? Mm. I think you can watch any game. Yeah, I mean that might be that might be a complete lie. I, I, I don't know. know. I um, don't know. It rings a bell, but I'm not sure. Well, I think yeah. I think I think I think the way we consume it is it's a very much an on-demand thing now as well. Like mm. with, I know that obviously the the times of the games is fixed, but for how long? 
the, yeah, exactly. The plat the platform on which you consume that might might change significantly. I mean, Netflix could en- try and enter this race as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't doubt that at all. It's the medium is the message, yeah. essentially, and whatever, however you absorb your media, is it will dictate the play. Um, but the two the, the points you made here about like maintaining league position, securing higher broadcast revenue, but better performance on the pitch uh, to maintain interest, attendance is maintained, and secure Champions League football all require all require us to continue to improve on the pitch. Yeah, which means ultimately investment in players. Um, and I guess for some fans, there's a fear that we'll never buy another player again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this business model, I would assume, depends on us improving and becoming better and potentially winning the league. So it, we would be able to repay, we would be able to repay the, state, the stadium costs back quicker if we'd won the if we win the league or if we win the Champions League. So interestingly, so the the actual as long as we're at the as long as we're not slipping to sort of sixth, because then you then you lose the bolt-on of the Champions League or the fifth, whatever. Um, the actual difference in between the league is only about two million per place. Yeah. So that's not huge, but the it's the implications of the Champions League and things like that and getting to further rounds. Yeah, so there's money huge. there. But, but, but there's also status at a club and worldwide global. Yeah, audience. yeah, yeah, 100%. And yeah. You, you think shirt sales go through a roof if you win the Champions League. Yeah. You imagine how popular Son is now. Imagine he's a Champions League winner. You know, sure, I know... I know the club make next to nothing on shirt sales, but it would no doubt put them in a very strong bargaining position the next time they negotiate a kit deal. Well, so this is this is the thing about kit sales, right? So we just was that the the fee that Nike pays us is they get all the money from the shirt sales, yeah. and they would only do it. They basically just they basically justify the price they pay us based on how many how much volume of sales they're going to shirt sales are going to be. So. But obviously, the more we win, the more likely the sales are going to go up. Yeah. So, like you said, renegotiating that. What are you really good at maths? Must be. Uh, I'm going to tell you, or we can get get a or work it out. But so they paid us twenty million twenty million uh, pounds. Yeah. Over three years, is it? Two, three years. Uh, Let's say three years. Three years, probably. So twenty million over three years, and that equates to how many how many shirt sales? If 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 say each each kit let's do it by shirts so each shirt's about what 60 quid yeah so you got 7 million a year say divided by so that's why very quick calculation of 100,000 shirts a year 100,000 and that's globally or that would be globally yeah does that sound like it doesn't sound like that many it doesn't but I mean but then that's but then they've got they've, you've got the production of the kits taken yeah. out of that so yeah. it's hundred that's profit they need a hundred hundred thousand shirts in profit but then how much are they the, but they I mean their margins on their margins on the shirts sweatshops, sweatshops in, yeah, exactly. in China are churning them out cheap as chips <laughs> <laughs> they, they, but that I mean yeah that's the that's the we don't see any of the shirts on money no I mean, yeah. we, uh, indirectly we see it through how the, popular the, they are yeah to be sold, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, no, fair enough. But no, I mean all all these things, and I think I think I mean, Pochettino certainly came at the right time for us to build a stadium. Yeah. But you have to think we were going to build the stadium without him, right? Yeah, and we were going to build it with Sherwood. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like, there's obviously that Levy must be going. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, and then things like this. I mean, even even. 
like we were saying, you can manipulate, no, not manipulate them, but interpret figures so they sound a lot better for you. Levy will be, well, he'll be happy and a bit sad when things come out saying that we posted world records. Um, yeah, he's that information that he doesn't would rather not have out. Yeah. He, knows it will, he knows it will come out regardless, right? Because it's public, public information. So, um, but, on the other hand, the fans looking at it going, we've we made 100 million in profit, we're not spending a single player on yeah. players, blah, yeah. blah. And that, they just don't, they, these things don't correlate quite so as... What do you think? No, no, it's not as easy as that, but the headline is basically rules because I would say 90% of people that have seen that headline don't read the article anyway. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Yeah, probably more. So, <laughs> like, you know, they just look at it and think, right, we shouldn't spend it, why haven't we spent the money? Is, would... That and that doesn't equate to having a hundred and three million pounds or whatever it is, hundred and thirteen million pounds in our bank. Does no. that, do those records show how much money's like cash? Yeah, yeah. So we so la so it's unrestricted revenue is it? So how much money have we got in our bank? How right? much money have we got? Hundred million. Hundred million. Yeah. Doesn't sound like enough. It's not. It's not a lot, to be fair. But you have to remember that when you buy a player, you don't go. Here's all the money straight no. away. Do so. No. So we. I mean, it's better than being in the red, but 100 million doesn't sound like a huge. Yeah, amount. and the year before, the year before, so these accounts are made up to, so they're for, from the 1st of July to the 30th of June 2018. Mm. So 1st of July 2017 to 30th of June um, 2018. So that was, yeah, that was what, how long were we talking about? Almost a year ago, nine months ago. Mm. Um, the year before that, we had 200 million. So the impact of doing the stadium has obviously. There yeah. are costs associated, but I mean, would you have, would you have thought we'd have a hundred billion in the bank I mean, when we're building a stadium? I would say it's good financial management in that respect, yeah. given the exposure that the stadium puts us to. But I but then I would think, look how much money's coming into the club and all of these clubs. I think the fact that actually we're actually operating in the black is a, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. there was there was a long time actually before financial fair play, then about seventy percent. I think it was like there was one time only us and Everton. Were teams that are operating in the black yeah. before financial fair play came in. I mean, it just they were just football clubs' trophy assets a lot of the time, aren't they? So yeah, I think that's the next step, isn't it? <clears throat> what for us? Yeah, you know, I just to actually win stuff is to become a, a like a success driven. We need an owner that's only interested in. I'm not sure it's good. I just don't know if that is possible anymore, though. Aside from cha- changing the structure of how you pay players and all that kind of stuff, mm. but like I think it's. It's hard to get around. You can't come in and just pump money no. into it anymore. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. I mean, you could do it for three years, hope that you. Because I think there's a rule you can't. You it's, it's three. It's three years worth of. Re, yeah, it's like a, a percentage over your revenue. Yeah, and you're allowed to speculate to some degree. You can spend more than comes in. Yeah, but by and large, you have to play by the rules. And Man City tried to get around it by. Um, well, they tried to get around it by sponsoring their training grounds and yeah. offering huge monies for, for, for and I'm even sure that, that should be investigated because it's it's not, yeah it's clearly like a flouting of fair play definitely. And also, PSG did it with Neymar's buying himself out of his own contract. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Probably within the rules still, but it's like how many times can you play that trick? You can do it once, twice. You can't keep doing it because the the rules will change and you'll get clamped down on. So yeah. I, I think you're right. I don't think. There is a way for us to do it, um, and perhaps this model is is the, the gives us our best chance in ten years of, for, of, of success. It's the most stable way you can do this stuff. Um, 
And what's happening with Chelsea at the moment? Chelsea, like, the government and Abramovich are massively falling out. And he's... I in, mean, he, in what do you mean? Well, he, he... They basically, because of all the... This is quite political, but because of all the the Russian attacks in the UK, yeah. they're basically kind of reduced... Like, I think they changed the status of Russians and they, they well, investigate them a lot Russians more. Russians in that social economic background? Yeah, I think even he, which is surprising, has has suffered slightly from this and he hasn't been able to get a visa to come back right. so he stopped paying for his box which is like 20 grand a year or something what, in his own stadium yeah what do you mean he stopped paying well, th- it's just like I ain't doing it if I'm yeah. not going what am I, I, I wasting but he's also back. paused the stadium construction as well this so this this is the thing right with, with Chelsea this was this was always coming down the line not, not, I didn't necessarily think it was like this it would manifest in this way because of some sort of political landscape that prevented him from coming back to the country but I did think that at some point his value Chelsea's value to him would diminish Yeah, and then they'll be left in a pretty horrendous situation because they're in the turnover's pretty good Uh, the revenue's very good in fact Um, but it would take a very rich person to come in and buy Chelsea yeah yeah for sure and I think he's I think the way he structures it is he's loaned the money he's personally loaned the money to Mm -hmm. the club so yeah, he expects the money back, and I'm sure. Well, there could be some bitterness if it if it goes one way, and he wants the money back. He could, yeah, he could really do damage to Chelsea, which would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Did, did you ever see Matthew Saeed's interview on Sky Sports? You know, Matthew Saeed, he's a he's a journalist for the Guardian, I think. I, I might be wrong, but he's um, they they did this, this thing on Sky Sports celebrating celebrating 10 years of Abramovich's role at Chelsea and obviously you can imagine what they were doing it's amazing look what he did for the Premier League yeah. look what he's done for X, Y and Z and Matthew Saeed a kind of stand-up investigative journalist in this role goes actually this, you're celebrating him but you know what he actually did to get yeah, his money 100%. Do you know why he bought Chelsea to secure it there to protect himself from getting killed yeah. By young, like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like Jim White you can see Jim White's an absolute cretin anyway but he was <laughs> he was like floundering you can imagine the producer just shut him up shut him down shut him down then you've got Tony Gow sitting next to him going what the fuck is going on here I have no idea it was beautiful but you know like you say I, I don't know how um, I don't know while, while my, like my old man he still got bangs on about just getting an Arab chairman he needs to have anyone from the <laughs> Arab states get him over and buy a football club but the game has changed significantly and when this stadium is paid off and this loans are paid off for a substantial amount of them has then I think maybe we will be seeing that next period of what Tottenham can become but yeah. we're a better place to go on that on that journey now I think I, yeah and I really I really don't think even though it's a significant amount of money I really don't think that over like the way the way that these uh, the way that companies will structure these loans so they can so, sort of mm. continually shift them around and not not sort of one year you're paying five hundred million pounds back like it will it just it will be yeah it'll be in the in the sort of background and we'll we'll continue the way we pretty much are mm. there will obviously be an impact but with all the additional revenue and income that we're going to have, I don't. I just don't think it will impact us the way that people are thinking it's going to impact us at all. Also, I think that they, there's going to be potentially more revenue than, than the club originally anticipated through sale of food and drink. And it doesn't sound like a much, does it, right? But uh, I know that the club... that, it, that Our last game at Wembley, we sold 23,000 pints of beer, right? That doesn't matter what, the, what, what it is, but 23,000 units of beer, right? Um, for the Legends game, and they were they were stocking the bar based on what we'd done at Wembley. Yeah. For the Legends game, which there was forty five thousand people, 
was 40,000 uh, beers sunk. And that and means just parts of the bit, <laughs> parts of the parts of the bars were set, like selling out. It didn't have enough yeah. stock. Um, and then you can only imagine what Levy's created in uh, against Palace, where I was in there two hours before the game. Did, did you go? Yeah, yeah you did because yeah. you spoke. Um, two hours before the game, and it was Ramo. <clears throat> you couldn't. It was really difficult to get a drink at half time. It was as bad as it was in the previous stadium. If you yeah. wanted a drink, you needed to leave in thirty eight <laughs> minutes. And while that's not great for us as you know, match day going fans. For the club, it's amazing. So that's almost double. They were selling almost double. Actually, they would have easily sold double than what they did at Wembley yeah. because people are spending much more time in that stadium. Well, I, um, like you said, those two. I went to both. So I went to the Test event and the Palace game, mm. and I stayed after the Palace game for a bit. And in both occasions, they'd sold out of at least two or three of the beers. Yeah. So I mean, I think the gamma rays always go on the neck or goes yeah. pretty quickly. I think mm. even Amstel had sold out. Yeah. Which is madness, really. Is. And it's a hard to say whether people are like the first, the initial excitement. Mm. People want to be in there, want to be in the stadium. Whether that will change over time, I don't know. Well, how, but how, how important is it that, that the club are actually undercutting local business? Is uh, a question of whether we're, they're undercutting us or other businesses are just over, overpricing I constantly. I think there's a. I think there's a bit of both. Um, they are the Bellinaire is. You've they, talked about this numerous times. I know. Right? I, I know. always want to come back to it, right. You, you're paying for a war, normally a warm can because they haven't got enough in the fridge. Yeah, and it's just not. It's yeah. just not acceptable. Well, and you know, just as a side note, Bellinaire is cash only. Like, what? Yeah. What are they fucking thinking yeah. in this day and age? I know. And all you've got is this. I think it's a machine that charges you to take money out, yeah. and they're competing <laughs> against what is an incredible like take away all of the the garish nature of it and the fact that there's this kind of microbrewery and stuff once you get past all that it's good beer yeah and it's cheaper than yeah 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 it's cheaper than the shit beer that you're getting there that you have to pay cash for 100%. and the stadium you don't need cash no, no they don't accept cash no it's brilliant it's like I love it like the Berlin <laughs> if they genuinely want to survive and I don't give a fuck whether they survive or not to be no. honest because they've been like I say they've been they've been bending this over for ages <laughs> but if you look you've got you've got this stadium right next door that he's selling you quality beer at prices and four pounds for a pint of beer in London is undercutting local. You know, you can't get that anywhere. Absolutely, it's amazing though. Yeah, and it's not. It's good beer. Yeah, whether you like Amstel or not, you're going to get the best Amstel that there is out there. Yeah, and yeah. and the Beavertown stuff. Like there was a lot of talk around the um, how kind of hipstery it is. But yeah, people love it. They're drinking it. I love it. It's nice beer. <laughs> it's not, like, it why good. Why don't you get Ed Brand? It's nice beer. Neckel's genuinely my favourite beer. Is it of all beers? Ah, uh, Yakima Red's mine. That's the is best. it? Yeah, yeah it's Yakima is yeah, it's good actually. Yeah, but but having a brewery in the stadium, like, it's it's it makes perfect oh, sense. It's, it's incredible. You're drinking beer that's made fuck like fifty feet or yeah, yeah. Like why ain't that a good thing? Absolutely, and that's why it's cheap, right? So yeah, there's no tra- tra- um, there's no transport costs. There's nothing yeah. like that. It's pretty much maintained within the stadium. Like you can't. You can't beat that. No, it's actually genius. It is. Uh, I, the other thing is, like, you you got to remember we've doubled our fans coming on a yeah. on a daily basis, on a weekly, but whatever it is, yeah. match day basis. So there might be a little bit of a trend where people don't, but there will always be those people who love going to the Bell and Hair before. I don't think they'll. Actually, how many people love going there? I think oh, yeah. people went there because it's convenient. Now, no one wants to stand inside the ground yeah. and drink fucking. Carlsberg is £4.70 a pint which is 3% lager it's that horrible is, that is true that is true but now that alternative of what they've got there is and they, they, like some will drop off some and, and the no smoking thing I, so I thought that was a bit of an issue but once I got in there I didn't really I didn't really think about it and mm. I smoked a fair amount 
But how much of our out of the population smokes? It can't be that high. It must be 15, 20? Football's got to be higher, but yeah, is, higher it? Like <laughs> Anyway, no one seemed to be complaining. I didn't, you know, I didn't see a single person in the bogs smoking. I don't know if it's out of respect for the new house. Because you know when you got when you go moving to a new gaff and you're really like everything's yeah. everything's prim and proper, and then after a couple of weeks you're like kicking your shoes off, yeah, spilling yeah. tea and all that shit. Um, That's definitely gonna happen eventually. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially big games. But surely the vape the vaping thing, like you just get around to that way, no? No, I know, but that's less. Yeah, we yeah, so we we tend to do that. It's like one of us have a vape and yeah. just blow it between your legs. So, I see that all the time. It's like, well, it ain't a big deal, is it's it? Not it's steam. Deal, it's fucking steam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got a couple of questions here before we stop. Uh, Marcus Lywood, he says, I saw a post, but I knew you're going to ask these to the best of your ability, right? Yeah. There's no, this is, add any caveats you feel you need to. I saw a post where, I saw, I saw a post once that the increase in yearly match day revenues is projected to be bigger than the loan repayments for the stadium. This seems too good to be true. Can you shed any light? Well, I think, kind of. I think it's proved already. Yeah, by one by so as tw- so twenty six million for the last year at White Lane to eighty five million. Yeah, in our first year at Wembley, and I think the figure will be around that mark for the new stadium. Obviously, you've got well, it's not even that many less fans. Like if you took the average sixty eight thousand, and and are people staying as long in Wembley as they would? No, well, White yeah. Lane? So you for sure a similar so, amount. So that's that's already already so. If you, yeah, if we took if we if you right now to I don't know I think I think you'd pay off the stadium within like ten fifteen years, hmm. and I think I mean that increases what fifty million so yeah it's, so it's not that it isn't too good to be true no I mean obviously there are costs involved in sort of the actual match day service but yeah on a on a light on a just a numbers basis I think I think. I think the figure speaks for itself, but equally, like that will that will come down with costs. And all still that sparing kind of stuff, no expense but... on um, matchday staff, who looked absolutely delighted to be serving beer to us all once again. <laughs> Can I just say something? Just fucking pour all the beer. And they, I think they've started to try to though. Have they? We just keep drinking it. So you well, yeah. keep buying it. Can't keep up with demand. Uh, ben uh, says, uh, "Not sure." All these questions, by the way, come from our patron group. So um, this. I don't know if this is going to swing you to coming on our Patreon, but these are the guys who answer, answer these questions, ask these questions. Not sure if uh, they will know this, but the one billion figure everyone keeps mentioning is that just for the stadium, or is it the whole project, um, including station up, stadium updates, station updates, hotel, sports centre? I've heard it's just been both ways, and I'm wondering if it's the whole project that has uh, has, jumped, uh, has become a stick to beat us with. So a billion pounds is yeah. that is that a, is that figure correct? So if we um, if we take the assets, so the the property, plant, and equipment for at the end of thirtieth of June two thousand eighteen, the total assets that we had, which includes the training center, Lily White House, the development of the stadium, training center, all that kind of stuff, is these are these are is this this is physical. These asset. are all assets that we have spent money to build up right. effectively. Yeah. But you all the money all the money you spend building it, you capitalize. Which becomes an asset on your balance sheet. Capitalized meaning you can loan money against it. No, it just means that. So it's rather than like, rather than it being an expense in one year, you basically say, "I'm going to capitalize this cost, and I'll say I'm going to use them over the course of their useful life, which is like what for the stadium is going to be a long time, forty, fifty years, whatever. Then you basically take the you spread the cost across all those years. Years. 
and it goes down each year. So right now, uh, the assets on our balance sheet is a billion, or just over a billion. So that's so. So just to understand it, you, so based on all that we've built, so all that basically, yeah, and what's projected to be built, yeah, the value of that is a billion pounds. Yeah, and it'll probably this is because this is thirtieth of June. It will probably be a lot higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come come twenty nineteen when and, and is that. So just so I understand it, because it's confusing. Is that use good information? But what, how is that information used, and why is it why is that useful? What having a value on this? Um, is it interesting too? Well, it's just, just working out who we. It's just management. It's just management of the. F- so that that will be on your statement of financial position. So if you look at the hmm. how much how how many assets you have and how many liabilities you have, so you'd net all these down to come to a figure. Which is basically how, what are your assets? Yeah. And what are your liabilities? So positives and minuses, and what is the net position of that? Right. When you go negative on the net position, that's when it's not good. Yeah. But our net position now, well, not now, thirtieth of June, twenty eighteen, is three hundred thirty-five million, which includes all of the value of the stadium and training center and all that, as netting off the, um, the loans to get to three hundred thirty-five. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't that's basically how much. That's kind of like how much is everything that we own and everything we need to pay. How much is it worth? In a but that's a cost basis, so it's not it's not really value because. Um, so, for example, if you bought a house, it would have cost you X amount, mm-hmm. but then in ten years' time, the value of the house goes up. Right, but it still only cost you that amount. Yeah, that's true. So that's on the cost basis rather than the actual value. So I think every day our stadium value probably goes up. Not down. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's very. This is why accounting treatment is very difficult to lot of sort of valuations of assets. But the billion number, it's in, not, in theory, it's is support. not just the stadium. It's the whole. Yeah, yeah. It's all of our assets. But of the stadium construction, for this period, it was six hundred million. So at that point, and then at that at, point, we know the building, think, building's gone up. Yeah. Well, it's just it carried on into. Yeah. It's hard to say how. Ago. Yeah, hard to say how much it would have been, but. I mean, you wouldn't have expected it to go up. Well, I don't know. Would it go up 50? Where were we at? So we were expecting it to be done by September, right? So yeah. we're talking four months after that point. So you might... So I don't think it would have gone up 50%, so yeah. but, but maybe 10, 15%. And as as an accountant, when you're producing these numbers, yeah. are you... Are there... I don't know if the right term is... It, and I don't want to get anyone in trouble and I don't, not, don't want you to... Yeah, firstly, I haven't produced these numbers, but yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but is, are, you, are, are accountants creative by the, with the way they display this information or can they not be? Is it no, so an account... Well, so you've got... Well, the the Tottenham account, the, the accountants who work for Spurs mm. and prepare these numbers, in theory, can be slightly creative in terms of... So, for example, if you change the useful economic life by a year, then obviously... It, it balances out, so you, you might owe less money over a certain period of time. But the auditors who have signed off on these numbers are completely independent, right? And so they would have gone and audited these numbers, made sure that they're happy with what they are, and made sure they're happy to sign them off and say these are the audited numbers. So, and is how that auditing process is that a long process? Yeah, so you did, they have nine months to file accounts. So from the date of your period end, so 30th of June 2018, yeah. you've got nine months to file those accounts. Right. And the audit, it normally takes after the year end a couple of months for the accountants to 
well, the Tottenham accountants to prepare the numbers, and then you'll get your auditors in, and they take a, they might take a month or so to sort of go through the numbers. But yeah. it is a long process. But normally, normally, <laughs> unless you're listed, which they're not, so they're a private company, then it normally goes to the nine months. Okay. So Alex L says you can use a calculator. <laughs> I'm gonna need to. <laughs> this is given the average price of beer in the new stadium is is four point so four pounds fifty. Mm. How many pints alone would Spurs have to sell to cover the cost of the new stadium? And you get five marks for this. <laughs> uh, so all right, so so obviously that's just a revenue figure, but they would have. So let's yeah. So well, there's so cost the, involved. Their club would have had to pay to acquire that beer. They so would say cost sales half. Say the the profit on each one's two two pounds. Let's say two pounds probably about right. I mean, what are we what's, what are we saying? The cost of the new stadium is, is, it, is it? We say. So, I think let's so, take it over our let's take a, let's say six hundred million because okay. that's how much we owe in you're right in fees. Uh, that's a horribly big number. There. Yeah, I mean it's a lot, isn't it? That's three hundred million pounds. Three hundred million pints. <laughs> Luckily, so you know, I don't, don't need to calculate for that. No, no, yeah. Spurs, Spurs have, um, you know, I, I think although Spurs, by forty thousand. So, like, let's say, let's have a look at that forty thousand a game. How long a it's game? And nineteen, nineteen games. Well, actually, no, it'd be more games, wouldn't it? So, yeah, say, like forty thousand. Let's say twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, a million million pints. So three hundred years. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what's going on now? Three hundred years, right? Three hundred years. Yeah, what's well, a million? So take three hundred years. Three hundred seasons. <laughs> <laughs> take three hundred years. So basically, know that when you go Spurs, yeah, just make sure you're buying a lot you of pints. Get absolutely fucked every <laughs> single time. It'll take three hundred years to, to pay off just on drinks alone. That is right, right. I don't know, mate. I, I'm literally I got D in GCSE maths. I'm backing myself. All right, mate. Good. Well, you are a chartered accountant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One, one final question before we split. Um. Oh, I don't know if you'll know this. But it's a good question. Do you know much about financial fair play? So, is there is there a correlation or is there a connection between match day revenue and financial fair play? Could you explain it to me, please? I'm not asking you to give a full explanation, but if you can loan, I know I know the rule is that you can you can spend, mm. you can speculate something like thirty percent more than you turn over in revenue each year. So, Wait, so that sorry. So, so we we um, are you still making sure that you were right on that? No, answer? it's actually 150 years. Yeah, 150. Well, years. because I didn't take the two pounds profit. We're taking so 150 years. So we're at half already. 150 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, financial play is based on on revenue. So you, it, I may, if I'm getting this wrong, I'm pretty sure I'm not because we did a podcast with Daniel Gear, who's a um, a football lawyer. Yeah. He knows a fair amount about financial fair play. He's worked on it quite a lot. So go back and listen to that podcast. It's a couple of months ago, and he talks about how this has worked out. But as I understand it, it's match day revenue. Obviously, you increase match day revenue con- um, contributes to the overall revenue over the year, and you can spend something like thirty percent more than you bring in in terms of revenue. You yeah. Speculate. So in that for that instance, yeah, there is a correlation. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The more the more we bring in, the more we can spend, right? But 
the risk there is that you could pay your players way over the odds and then your profits way down and then well yeah within a couple of years you're in you're in trouble you leave the United you're in yeah exactly so well this is the thing and this is what I think a lot of people don't really take into account is that consistently finishing the Champions League football mm. means that your <clears> players will eventually demand bigger contracts that we have to pay more over a longer period of time which is often a much bigger exposure to the club than single transfer fees that are never paid up front in any case yeah so in order to in order to, to to maintain our position in the top ten football money league, we have to maintain the level of performance we are we have currently. But we also need to that brings with it costs in terms of the amount you pay in player contracts, which is staggering. And Spurs yeah. Spurs are I don't know if you've got the information on the contracts and how much how much we spend in wages. But I think we're sixth in the Premier League. Yeah, so and something like half of what Arsenal and um, Chelsea pay for theirs and Liverpool pay for theirs. And that, that that will go up. That that um, we will be on parity with them eventually. We have to be. I think there's a. <clears throat> so I think the total, our salaries and bonuses, mm. for the seventeen eighteen season was one hundred thirty million. Yeah. And one hundred twelve million the year before, but I think. I think the reason we're always quite low, I think our bonus structure is far more heavily weighted towards mm. performance. And I think get them getting into the Champions League earns them a shit ton of money. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Kane and, uh, and, and Ali. And Ali being on comparable wages to yeah. the biggest paid players yeah. in the club, but their basic wage is not no. the same. And I think that's the only number that actually gets reported in terms of yeah. well, the ones that get released to Premier League or whatever. Again, it's sort of kind of county. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, because, but as a player, you obviously want if you're going to another club and your and your um, comparison is 150 for whatever, and we're paying we're paying you 80, but we'll offer you a hundred percent increase if you get us into the championship, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then a player will probably take the secured revenue thing. I wonder how much we talked a bit about this before. I wonder how much Pochettino has a role in this because he wants to create the kind of mindset where. And players are playing for each other, but also driven, goals driven. Yeah, and having players on basic contracts that are huge that aren't incentivized based on how well they play creates a different mindset. Perhaps. Do you know what I? Um, you look at two players, examples. Well, both connected to Arsenal in some way. Alexis Sanchez and Özil. Yes. Imagine having either of those players at your club. Yeah, for three hundred thirty grand a week or wherever it is, just sapping you for money. Not performing, not doing anything, and that's that's just yeah, that's a I mean, terrible business. Yeah, it? it's awful. You Horrendous. don't don't. But it, the clubs have created this structure now where it's very it becomes very hard to compete because you've got those offers on the table at three hundred thirty grand. But yeah, Man United are screwed. They can't. There's no way. Who's going to take an out of form player who's going to want three hundred thirty grand a week? No, and he, he's not only that. He's seen as a problem player. Yeah, they are. They're screwed. Like Arsenal. Have, must be doing backflips. Yeah. So they don't yeah. have to give them a new contract. They get thirty five million pound out of it. Yeah. They've somehow got off scot free, but then they've they've bent over for Urs. Yeah. And currently, obviously, not having a great time. No, I'd 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 hate to be in that position as a fan. Yeah. You or, know these kind of these bastards. Are yeah. Sap, <laughs> yeah. They're sapping you dry. Yeah. And you know he's not like even the even Emery don't fancy him. You know I know he's played a little bit more recently, but you're you would think like Harry Kane is our 
biggest earner yeah. I'd imagine Harry Kane and Deli Alley maybe there is no world where Harry Kane doesn't start and give all every week yeah. and, and that because it's because of the way the club's run and because of the mentality that Pochettino's created there that that is the case Yeah. and players that don't want to fall in line with that you know, that it's better that you go than yeah, yeah. than we bet. Like, you know, there's player, there's fans calling for Alvaro to be given whatever he wants, so he stays. I back, it, I back that opinion though, right? Because, but isn't that a direct contradiction to what you just said? Uh, How do you know? What do you know about? So maybe not. Okay, maybe not whatever he wants because that that doesn't quite work. But if you pro- if you look at what he probably is earning, which he's pro- I don't even I don't even reckon it's that much. Yeah. How many contracts has he had with us? Two, two. Yeah. I mean, maybe it could be eighty, but and he's going to want one hundred and fifty. He's worth. He's worth that. No, I don't I think. think. He, I don't doubt that he's worth it, but he surely he. We don't know. It's all no. conjecture, isn't it? But my understanding is, is that, that that he wants a flat fee rather than an incentive based fee, yeah. or the flat fee plus incentive. Which, which, yeah, and I, I agree. And we have the money to do it, though. Yeah. Don't we? I think that. I think the. It's hard because, like, you, if we get rid of a centre back who's world class mm. and he is world class, and they'll go for what? What is it? Twenty five million or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, replacing that is just expensive, and might as well just you know, just just keep him. Just do it. Although, if you're but then equally, you could bring through someone else. Sanchez would play regularly. He'd get better. Mm. You don't, I know you don't really tend to <laughs> like him. I don't, know why, I don't, I don't know, why. know why you don't like him really, either. Really, yeah. I'm, I'm probably being serious. I said, he's I, 20, I what is he, 22? Yeah, but yeah, you've got to be good enough, not old enough. <laughs> what, um, you've had to come up with that argument, haven't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I can't help it. This is what I see every week, but I'm, I'm, I'm doubtless wrong. Um, but if you said, all right, we can let out of Errol go for 25, but the lick is signed from, mm. from my axe. Now, who knows if he's going to be able to cope, but you'd imagine he looks quality. Then that's future-proof for the next 10 years. Or it's yeah. going to be hugely expensive for someone to buy him. Then in that instance, I go. It makes complete sense to let Toby go now and not mm. give him the contract. But I don't know. I don't like not being in the power position though either because we don't have a choice in who Toby would go to. No, it's sort of come out And I can always. It, I don't know. Man United are not so sure anymore. But I think had it been Mourinho in charge, that would have been. Pretty much a I, 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 one hundred percent can see him at United next season. I think United or Chelsea, to be honest. Oh, surely, surely he's like because he seems a man of, of principle. Southampton, what oh, fuck Southampton? Well, like, no yeah. one's really principled about them, are they? Mm, like, that's why Poch left. He's like, he's, he's like, literally, I know what you're saying, but you're, you're nothing. I think, yeah, there is a lot more to join in someone like Chelsea or yeah, not like that. Let's let's hope. I mean. Yeah, I would just do it if I was just given. Yeah, I'm sure it. there's gone. But did you see uh, one more thing? When we talk about this on on the fighting court regular um, when we record later, but the uh, there, there's um, a video going around of um, Eric uh, Son talking to Ericsson as they walked off after Palace, and Son in the way he speaks English said sign contract, and <laughs> and apparently Ericsson said yes, yes, yes. Um, I I hope so. I really hope so. That, something along those lines. I, I, I mean, his head's gone. Regardless, okay, Alex, that is such a, that's a. You're drawing a line under it. That's that. What his head's gone. I think. How if, do you know? If he if he signs a contract, he'll he'll come back and start playing properly. Again. Right. But, but psychologically, I mean, we can't. We football players are not above 
like the psychological impact of not knowing where you're going to oh, be no, next absolutely. year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. and like I'm not blaming him, but I think he's genuinely, and I, you almost can't blame him because he's been he's he's been a very loyal servant for us. Like he's done incredibly well. Um, and it, I'd love us to see us sign people up like that. But mm. if he did want to go to Real Madrid, I mean, it's not stopping him, I guess. No. Um, and this this is probably this is going to come out after we've just smashed City three 0 in the Champions League. So decent. And he's probably notched a couple and got an assist <laughs> this will be a really depressing podcast if we don't make Champions League by the way <laughs> I don't think anyone's expecting us to, to do much what, what is just just quick no, is it let's not do this because it is coming out it's going to come out on Thursday yeah, right. so. we're going to do it we're going to smash everyone <laughs> Alex thank you so much for coming down and explaining no some of that it was um, it was really interesting and uh, you know hopefully clears up yeah, might get more questions than uh, well we we'll do again stuff, but you, well we say that you're, you're, you're just about to embark on a Journey of a lifetime. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, missing the first full season in the new ground was a bit of a disappointment. Is but... it though? Based on like what you've just told me, yeah. I would one hundred percent swap with you. One hundred percent. Like I love Tottenham, but I love myself more. Yeah. All right, mate. Nice All one. Right. Thanks. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.